1: Hello, this is David Hedison, the actor. You've seen me as Captain Lee Crane on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, also as The Fly, also as Felix Leiter with Roger Moore on Live and Let Die, and Timothy Dalton on License to Kill. And you're listening to Dr. Sky.
0: Welcome once again to the Dr. Sky Show, proudly heard here on TeentalkNetwork.com and on our flagship radio station, News Talk 1100, KFNX, the 50,000-watt powerhouse of the desert southwest. If you're a first-time listener to the Dr. Sky Show, we cover the subjects of astronomy, space, aviation, weather, and, of course, the realms of science fiction. And today, ladies and gentlemen, a very special guest. In just a few moments, we'll be speaking with veteran actor David Hedison. Who has had a remarkable career in not only film, television, but also in stage. And a brief introduction of our guest, David Edison. David Edison was born Albert David Edison Jr. in Providence, Rhode Island. He decided he wanted to be an actor after seeing Blood and Sand in 1941. He started out in the theater as Al Edison, receiving a Theater World Award for Most Promising Newcomer after appearing in the play, But to Do About Nothing. He soon signed on with 20th Century Fox and starred in several movies before going on to TV's Five Fingers in 1959, and then a name change to David Edison. He then appeared in the popular TV science fiction series Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea in 1964, and after the show went off the air, David Edison continued acting in many made-for-TV films and guest shots on TV series, including two James Bond films. He was also a series regular on the soap opera Another World in 1964, and more recently, he starred in the theatrical production with veteran actors Juliet Mills and Lois Middleton. Edison can currently be seen on the TV soap, The Young and the Restless. And with that, we're proud to welcome to this introduction and to this program, actor David Edison. Good afternoon, sir. Hello, how are you? Well, thank you so much. I'm fine. Good. and i think this will be a real treat for all the fans. Well, i hope so. Of many of the movies that you've been in and David, i know we could go on for quite a long time talking about all the different movies and films that you appeared in, but the first one that i'd like to discuss with everybody is i think one of the greatest science fiction films ever made in 1958 where you star in the title role as what?
1: André Delambre in The Fly. Tell That's us right. About. It's uh, it's amazing because you know uh, a book is coming out this year because it's the 50th anniversary of the fly and uh, the name of the book is called the fly at 50 it's the creation and legacy of a classic science fiction film and uh and it could be bought through my website and shall i tell you what that is it's www david hedgeson one
0: word, uh, .com. that's fantastic david and you know, going back into the history of science fiction films, I mean, I must say this is one of my favorite, and I think many people's out there. Tell us a little bit about the movie, the role, and also working with uh, such great
1: actors like Vincent Price. Oh yes, it was it, it was incredible because um, it's amazing. You know, I didn't work that much with him on The Fly because we worked on different days because I worked principally with Patricia Owens and but i got to uh, meet uh vincent and we became great friends when he be, uh, became a guest star on voyage to the bottom of the sea
0: that's fantastic and i know
1: of course that jeff Goldblum, and of course the following uh
0: series in the movies of course they did what a readaptation of the original fly the, the uh, return of the fly with brett oh, halsey wonderful stuff You know, it's a great uh, honor to have you here, sir, because one of my favorite areas, and I think the listeners in this archive will be most impressed about, is your connection to a lot of the science fiction television that was out there in the 1960s. And, of course, I'm referring to your role as Captain Lee Crane in the great television series. The Bruin Allen program, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. That's
1: right. How did you get started in that? I mean, that's (laughs) fascinating stuff. Well, it's amazing. Uh, At first, uh, I I turned it down. I had t- turned the movie down. I made the movie first, and I didn't think I wanted to do that because I had just worked with Irwin Allen on The Lost World, and I thought to myself, well, it's it's more of the same, you know? Right. So I wanted to do something else, and I turned it down. So then when the series came up, he called me and wanted me to do it, and I still didn't want to do it until I found out that Richard Basehart was going to play the Admiral, and I was always a great admirer of his work, and I thought, oh, my, yes, I must work on this series. And Richard and I got on famously. He's a lovely person. He was a lovely person, sure. a great actor. And I think we uh, we made beautiful music together. You know, I would agree, David, and I'm serious about this. I have purchased all of the DVD series
0: except for the very last season, and religiously, like I mentioned to you, I watch these in the evening to relax, and it brings back a lot of memories as I'm 52 years of age. And I remember this when I was a young boy in New York City. It was my favorite show. Now, was this on the ABC
1: the network? Uh, yes, it was ABC, and it was on for four years, 110 hours.
0: Fantastic stuff. And as we get more into the interview today, I just want to remind our listeners here on The Dr. Sky Show that our very, very special guest today is veteran actor David Hedison, who's had a remarkable career, ladies and gentlemen, in film, television, and stage. And he's here today taking a few moments of his time and hit through his busy schedule. But we're speaking to him from his home in Southern California. And again, David, I appreciate your time on this uh, very important day. Oh, thank thank you. you. What I'd like to discuss now is A little bit more about the whole theme of the voyage to the bottom of the sea. They had so many uh, advanced uh, pieces of technology. Describe (laughs) to us a little bit more for people who may not know about the SeaView, the nuclear-powered
1: submarine. Well, there's not much I can say because the whole thing was a set, you know. And there was nothing terribly uh, technical about it as far as I was concerned. In fact, um, I was concerned at the time when we were shooting it, every time I picked up the mic, to talk to someone. There was a wire at the end. And I thought it was, if this was so futuristic, they didn't need that wire. But all during the show there was. But the technical crew was fabulous. And they did great stuff. While I was doing the acting stuff on one stage, they were creating all kinds of things uh, by themselves elsewhere.
0: Well, David the submarine the seaview when we see that in the opening credits and throughout the uh, the actual show itself yeah I mean this is a model do you know the size I mean it's a fairly large model or
1: it a, was a, uh, it, well, it actually uh it wasn't a large model because it was only parts of the submarine uh like the um the control room would be one part, the missile room would be a whole different stage, and there was no continuity about it at all. But the way we shot it, it made it look as if it were just one whole huge ship. And they did a great job in doing it. Oh, they certainly did. At that time, I think they they did an extraordinary job.
0: Tell us a little bit about Erwin Allen. I mean, I'm sure you've had interaction with him. I'm fascinated by all the wonderful products that he's brought to the uh, television screen. And you know, what
1: kind of person was he? Describing? Oh, he was incredible. He was a great uh, shellman. And uh, he uh, he was really... He would get terribly enthusiastic about everything he ever did. He would get enthusiastic about his actors. He would get new projects, and he would pin all these sketches on the walls, and he would go to the networks, and he would put on such a show. And uh, he would sell his product because they were caught up in his, his wonderful imagination. <laughs> so that was a, that was all great. He was an extraordinary man. When you think about all the stuff he did, was very successful, plus the big movies like The Tarly Inferno and The Poseidon Adventure. So I think he was he was an, uh, an incredible man. He was very good to me, and I miss him very much.
0: Oh, God bless all the wonderful people who produce these great television series that people in my generation and many listening uh, actually grew up with and, yeah. and certainly respect and remember his legacy. That's right. You know, asking this question, I'm, I'm honored to be able to ask you this, David. Uh, for people out there, we have a lot of young students also that are aspiring to go into the world of television, and yes. acting, and theater. With your experience, sir, tell us what you recommend that a student today, if they're interested
1: in a career like this. Things have changed, but I'm sure the basics remain the same. What, what's your? Well, the basics are the same is that you really have to want to do it. You don't think about the money. Uh, you think about this is something I have to do. Now, I have a daughter, and uh, she's an actress, Alexandra But She was an actress. She's mostly now into photography. But she was acting for a brief time, and she said to me, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore, even though I'm getting offers. She said, I'm not dedicated. And then she changed her mind. She said, Dad, dedicated is the wrong word. I'm not possessed. And that's that's what I was. I was possessed. It was something I had to do. And to really become successful, you really, really, really have to do it. And to become an actor, of all things, it's very important to read. Read every damn book ever written. Read the classics. Read the plays. Read, read, read. You can't get enough of that. And by the time you're getting an incredible education, and by the time you're ready to get on your feet and do some work, it comes off looking quite wonderful because I think of, uh, look at Meryl Streep. She's so intelligent and yes. in her acting shows because she's educated and she's learned things and she's read books and she's knowledgeable and she's political. And that's what it's all about. Learn everything you possibly can about life and about your fellow human being. And I think that's terribly important. But, as I said, you really have to want to do it. So there has to be Not just to say, oh, gee, I hope I get a series. Oh, they pay so much money. It's the wrong attitude. Because you might get one, and you might last five minutes, and you've had your success, and that's the end of it. You have nowhere else to go. Absolutely. So that's my advice for what it's worth. So the passion has to be there, the spark inside. Oh, absolutely. You have to really... Really wanted,
0: David. I've never had the opportunity to really ask this of a veteran actor like yourself, and, and we do get some guests like this in this category. But here it is. I mean, if you look at television, if you look at theater, and if you look at film, I mean, what do you find for yourself of the three? What what did you enjoy the most, and why? I mean,
1: oh, of have... most, it's. Um, I would say I like the stage more than anything because um, on the stage. If you goof, you say, well, there's, there's always tomorrow. On film, if you, you know, do the scene and you walk away and, and that evening, you're thinking, damn, I missed that beat. I shouldn't have played the scene that way. It should have been this way. And uh, it's too late, you know, and it's done. And then also your performance is in the editor's hands and um, we're on the stage it's all you, you're on the, sta- you're on the stage, and the audiences decide they're going to look at you or look away, whatever. So that's why I prefer the stage. Because you have, first of all, a long rehearsal period, and you finally get something, a, a really interesting uh, performance, really, in, in the long run, where you really don't have that much time in film, particularly... Uh, mostly in film, you do. You do get some rehearsal time. But, you know, in in television, wham, bam, you learn the lines the night before and then you get on the set and you cross your fingers, hoping that you hit the right notes. And then it's a print and then you watch the show and so many times you're disappointed with what you did. But that's the way it goes. (laughs) Well,
0: David, thinking of stage and all the many plays that you've appeared in with different roles, what one comes to mind or what two maybe that come to mind that were your favorite and, and for what particular uh,
1: are you talking about the uh, uh, stage or yeah, what? Absolutely on stage on stage, yeah. I would say it's when I got the Theatre World Award uh, now it, it was for um, you said uh, much ado about nothing right. uh, that was wrong, it was Turgenev's uh, A Month in the Country well, thank and you that's great. what I got the Theatre World for, so that to me was a wonderful experience and working with Uta Hagen and, and Sir Michael Redgrave, it was extraordinary. And then, uh, when I was in London, I worked in the BBC on a two-hour special of *Summer and Smoke* with that divine actress uh, Lee Remick, who's now she's no longer with us. But it was an incredible experience. It was Tennessee Williams' *Summer and Smoke*, and I really enjoyed that. I think it's about the two most memorable things I can remember doing. And then, of course, on films, there was The Fly. I loved The Fly the moment I read it. I wasn't the first choice. I think they asked Michael Rene. He turned it down. Then there was another actor, uh, Rick Jason, who did Combat. He turned it down. I guess they didn't uh, want the fly cloth on the head (laughs) for most of the performance, but I thought that's where the great acting comes in. And just to remind everyone, Michael
0: Rene, of course, is in the wonderful science fiction, the feature film, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh,
1: it's wonderful. And I think
0: Tom Cruise Mm -hmm. is also doing, it's either Keanu Reeves, or I think it's Keanu Reeves, excuse me, who's going to be in the new uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Interesting stuff. I appreciate your time today, and just kind of focusing a little bit more on the discussion of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. As you know, sir, Voyage is named number 30 in the top 100 science fiction shows of all time. And right. I've become hooked on this uh, for the technology, for your appearances. I'm just curious. You describe some of your favorite episodes as the human computer and the the phantom strikes and the return of the phantom. Oh, computer. yeah, they, those two I like, the
1: phantom strikes. No, the phantom was the one, and the second was the phantom returns. Yes. Those two episodes with Alfred Ryder I liked very much, and there was something called Man Beast. And I'd love running around the ship driving people crazy. <laughs> and I didn't have a stuntman on that at all. I did everything myself. And I just enjoyed a lot of them. And, of course, there were some that I really hated. Uh, I can't remember the titles, but I would be fighting with Irwin all the time. I thought, my God, we've got to do better than this. Right. And I remember the last year particularly, it got it got pretty ridiculous with uh, the lobster man and the fossil man and the rock man, and I thought, I can't take this anymore. And mm-hmm. I think the series ended yeah. just in time, well, after the fourth year. I
0: think the same thing many people have said also happened with Lost in Space, because some of the monsters became a little bit uh, hard to swallow. If you oh, absolutely. You absolutely. Absolutely. But,
1: but it was a the... success Who might have complained. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thinking about this
0: entire uh, you know series, which we just love uh, ever so much, there's one piece of technology in there that even today I'm amazed by. Is the flying sub? Any, any
1: oh right! Well, that was Erwin's idea, and uh, I saw it. and I thought, well, that's pretty interesting, and the and the audiences loved it. They just absolutely love the flying sub. That's fantastic. You know, a little bit of trivia
0: about yourself and again, I'm not going to take face value of what I quoted before. Again, I apologize. I'm Okay,
1: all right. No in problem.
0: Internet uh, movie database here and again, I realize I don't believe everything
1: I read on the internet. No, no. absolutely. I well, always screw it up anyway, so don't blame yourself.
0: Well, you're the first actor as they say here to portray 007 CIA friend Felix. Is it Lightner?
1: writer. Uh, D- oh.
0: uh, right, and that's in Live and Let Die, which I'm sure everybody knows, and what, License to
1: Care? A license to Care with Timothy Dalton.
0: Wow, these are fantastic movies, and now I can recollect and, and remember you uh, from these particular movies, which is fascinating. And it also says here, and let's see if this is correct, that your name is just one of just five celebrity names actually incorporated into the Statler Brothers' top ten song, The Movies, because they needed a word that rhymed with Edison.
1: That's right. Edison. And I can't remember who it was. It was, a, it was a wonderful song that came out at the time. It says, thank you, Thomas Edison, and thank you, David
0: Edison, something like that. And here's one, David, if you could comment on for the listeners. I find this really fascinating. You turned down the lead role in the Brady Bunch for, in
1: 1969. That's Tells right. about that. It's, you, know, it, you know, it's funny, because um, Voyage had just finished. And then I'd gotten married uh, in London, and it was a new thing for me. I was growing up, getting married, having children. And I think when the, um, when the um, uh, Brady Bunch came up, I just suddenly turned it down. I thought, well, I want to take a little rest here. I didn't think it was going to be that successful, actually. But it turned out to be seven years of uh, it was very, very successful. Well, it has a cult following, as you know, also. Or... I know. You know, every actor can tell you that they've turned down certain things that they were really sorry that they had done. I mean, every single actor you talk to will tell you about, yeah, well, I turned this down and I turned that down. That was a foolish thing. And another thing I turned down was Love Boat. Did you? Yeah, the captain of the Love Boat. Um,
0: but what are you going to do? That's amazing. I mean, all these things we learned in our special interview today— with David Edison and ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, we're privileged and honored to have veteran actor of both television, film and stage. As you know, David Edison, who's discussing many of his landmark achievements throughout his great career here on the Doctor Sky Show. But just a couple of other questions, if I may, kinda giving us a better understanding of you. In your career. If we go back to talking about Richard Bassard, I mean, he's one of what? One of the great classic
1: actors? Oh, uh, he's wonderful. Right? He is a great actor. I, I had seen him, I think, originally in um, La Straza, the Italian film right. with Anthony Quinn. And then he did uh, several movies at Fox. But he was always doing terribly interesting things. He was a fine actor. Fascinating stuff. And as we look on here today, let's talk about David Hedison
0: in the year 2008. You mentioned you have this wonderful book, The Fly at 50 coming out.
1: Yeah, it's coming out, yeah. It should be out any, uh, any time now. Uh, I think uh, in October.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yes, I'm going to the, uh, there's a show in Boston, Massachusetts and, and, uh, it's called supermegafest.com and it's being done in, uh, Framingham at the Sheraton Framingham Hotel just outside of Boston, and the books will be there then. And it's called The Fly at 50, The Creation and Legacy of a Classic Science Fiction Film. How's that? That is absolutely wonderful.
0: (laughs) And just to remind people that may know you in the more modern sense, obviously as Judge
1: Arthur Hendricks in The Young and the Restless, tell us
0: that whole transition. Oh, right. Well, that kind of um,
1: there wasn't much work going on here. I suddenly uh, got a call. The First, I had done Another World, and I was on that show for like six years, and that was great fun. That was in New York, and then The Young and the Restless was here in Los Angeles, so I was on that for one year, and uh, it was a great experience, and I think I liked it because my theater experience came in handy, where, you know, on these soaps, you have to do long takes, and you have to remember the lines and the moves and everything else difficult and it's it's, it's more difficult than making a movie because you most movies you do or TV you do them in short takes and that's why it, theater training comes in very handy many times and for people who may not
0: know and I'm sure they'll go to the website and learn but guest spots I'm fascinated by this another great show of the 1970s and maybe earlier than that you were also appeared on the FBI you
1: oh right FBI, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman Canon, yeah. all everything, everything that was on in those days. I, I, it was a, it was a guest shot. Well,
0: David, in conclusion, as we uh, wrap up the interview, and appreciate your time, as I mentioned many times here. If you look at the entire uh, episodes that you did with television and the involvement there for the series, what stands out as your. Probably proudest moment, as far as what series and particularly during what time during
1: that? Oh, I, I think Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, because of my great friendship with Richard and Irwin Allen, and they, they were wonderful moments. You know, I was young then, really enjoying life, so it was it was lovely. I, I enjoyed that very much. And I read on one of the interviews that's on one of the websites dedicated to the show that.
0: As both of you would be ready in your Navy uniforms and bronzed up with the makeup, you would visit various restaurants in the Hollywood area, and people would get to know both you and Richard Basile. that's right.
1: That's right. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, we used to go to lunch at a certain place, and uh, Richard and I would go, and we'd take off, and we'd have some lovely lunch, and people would come up to us and start talking as if we were Crane and uh, Nelson. Uh, And it was amazing. We met some incredible people. And and also there were a lot of visitors, you know, who came on the set, and uh, they got these guest passes, and we would talk to them if we we weren't too busy in a scene. And uh, this was a great experience, meeting so many people from all over the country who really enjoyed the show. Now it's all over the world. It was a huge hit in London. So there we are. You never know, do you? You don't.
0: And one of the things in conclusion is the DVD set, if you could describe to us, is now out and complete. I mean, I have most of them. They're available in any any good place that sells DVDs,
1: correct? Oh, no, they're all there, right, exactly. The fourth year is coming out next year. Oh, yeah, it is. Of, of Voyage. But they're, all three of them are out now. Oh. Wow.
0: And in conclusion, David yep. Edison, what's some of the later projects? Other than, what, what's next? Fly What are you looking forward to doing? Well,
1: nothing really. I've been working a, a lot at the Actors Studio here in the West Coast with uh, young people and doing scenes and giving them some of my knowledge and just, you know, passing it on is what you have to do. And also I'm working on a, a, a project of a play by Chekhov called The Cherry Orchard, and we're working on that, keeping the brain young, you know, Yes. learning lines and enjoying every minute of it.
0: Absolutely. Right. David Hedison, I want to thank you so much. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour, if you'd be kind enough, sir, to just remain on the line with us just a few moments as we get sure. to the bottom of our hour. Ladies and gentlemen, actor David Hedison, who's had a remarkable career, as you've heard, in film, television, and stage, joining us today here on the Dr. Sky Show reminiscing about Memory Lane, of course, some of the greatest and the best in the industry. He, of course, knew and knows and also contributed greatly to our archive in the video, stage, and theater way, and also television. I want to thank you, David Edison, for being our guest today.
1: And thank you for inviting
0: me. My pleasure. That concludes this exciting edition of the Dr. Sky Show, heard (laughs) weekly here on TeentalkNetwork.com and on our flagship radio station, News Talk 1100, KFNX, the 50,000-watt powerhouse of the Desert Southwest. In conclusion, Dr. Sky always
1: reminds you always keep your eyes to the skies. Thank you, David Hedison.